Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm fine. I'm a little bit under the weather, but I'm okay. I don't know what it is. It's probably just, you know, spending most time with people for the first time in ages. Yeah, you've been out and about over the uh, the Jubilee weekend. Oh, Christ, no. That was one thing I was not doing. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I just Same. feel a bit... For the weather, but I took a I took a lateral flow this morning and it came back negative. So I assume I'm fine. Good, good. Just that you know. Other than that, you know, no complaints. I was not celebrating the Queen. Because why would I be doing that? No, no, certainly <laughs> I was not either. But you know, I'm I'm thankful for the extra days off work. That was uh... <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got some bank holidays out of it. I don't actually yeah, care definitely, definitely, definitely. It's the least yeah, you can do, do right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed that we've managed to hit recording on time two weeks in a row. That <laughs> feels like it's been the first time in a little while. <laughs> two weeks in a row of podcast. Hell yeah, we're ex- we're extremely professional. Yeah, we've got we've got things going on. I'm I'm having a time. I'm having a time, but things are good. All good things, I think, definitely. Excellent. How has your your week in magic been? Have you been playing much? Uh, no. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been playing a bit of Legacy. Um, ahead of uh. The Axion Legacy event thing coming up in a couple of weeks. Cool. Uh, just trying to re- relearn the format, which is going to be most of this episode. Uh, but yeah, playing some Amats of Legacy, and then that's pretty much it. How did your uh, Baldur's Gate pre-release go? Oh fuck me! Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so we have we had two people signed up. Yeah. Uh, ahead of the event, and I was like, yeah, that tracks. Um. It was you know fully prepared for like the two people to show up and be like oh I'm so sorry we can't run the pre-release with two people, um, and then th- throughout you know just before F and M started because we ran it the same time as F and M we had a total of sixteen people turn up which was <laughs> yeah uh, a lot more than we we're expecting which is great I mean it's nice that people wanted to play um, and we had a you know shop full of people but uh, it, yeah <laughs> that's kind of stressful so it turns out with uh, event link because we had the we cr- pre-created an event for the pre-release yeah. and um, it turns out if you put in more than 8 people into that event it uh, doesn't want you to run it because I assumed that if I was to put 16 people into a pre-release draft event it would split it into two pods of 8 you would assume so yeah yeah it didn't um, it's what it used <laughs> so to do. <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I clicked start on the event and it just presented me with a player list mm. instead of seatings for any kind of pods yeah and then eight random people who had signed up on the companion app were given uh, pod seating on their phone. Brilliant. Not the first eight. Not the first eight people that had signed up using the companion code. Just eight random people. Brilliant. Uh, so this, you know, was getting on a bit at this point. So I was like, okay, we'll just sit eight, eight, eight people to these tables, and you'll do a draft, and then you can play a game with the people you're sitting near if that's okay with everyone. And everyone's like, yeah, sure. Uh, a lot of people were relieved they didn't have to use the companion app. So <laughs> says a lot about the. Uh, about one of Wizards <laughs> uh, technological uh, he says I just yeah they just, just don't have a good a... track record in software at all do they no event looks bad people don't want to use companion app um, yeah I mean <laughs> it was fine people seemed to have fun um, the draft happened the games happened everyone left on time uh, kind of shit that the free prize support you get from Wizards in conjunction with purchasing your uh, pre-release packs is a booster pack per player yeah. So basically, just do a draft. You each get a booster pack. There's no stakes. Play a game. 
which I don't really understand why you do that if there are literally no stakes. Um, but yeah, it went fine. We had 16 people, which is, you know, literally eight times more than the amount of people that we thought we were going to get. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. But, but yeah. I also forgot literally everything about the draft. Like, how, like, the fact you're supposed to take two cards. Uh, I didn't tell people they had to draft a commander. Some people didn't know it was draft. Uh-oh. Um, I, someone asked me what the starting loaf title was in the games, and I was like, I, genu- I genuinely don't know. Because, I mean, it could have been I 30, ha- yeah, right? I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea at all. We said it was 40, because it's Commander, right? But yeah. I, I don't know. Um, Surely again, there, it, sh- there we, should be like a little piece, piece of paper inside the pre-release kit explaining how to play the game that you're about to play. I mean, maybe there was, but Magic players are reading, right? <laughs> true, true. <laughs> you can't, can't expect them to read the things. Um, yeah, I mean, it went, went fine after all, all of those hiccups, but it was good. Did, good. You, did you do a pre-release? Uh, did not, no, no, did not pre-release at all. Uh, it's not for me. I mean, I'll definitely be pre-releasing for um, uh, Dominaria United, but not for, uh, yeah, not for Commander Legends. Although I did see some interesting things from Commander Legends. So we saw um, uh, in collector boosters, some people have been opening uh, Double Masters two cards. So that's uh, that's oh, interesting. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's uh, been like a load of um, of Full art foil um, uncommons from uh, Double Masters opened in uh, in collector full packs. Art foil uncommons. Yes. Oh Christ! It seems to be like a like obviously a you know it's still a rare thing to open one of these, but multiple people have opened a lot of them. Like somebody opened a uh, a Commander Legends booster box, and every single pack just contained um, modern uh, Double Masters cards. I mean, my main problem with it, I mean, leaks are leaks. It's Wizards of the Coast, things are going to get leaked. Yeah. I don't think they even care at this point. It's um, it's barely even a leak. If somebody's open, like, <laughs> if the yeah, wrong yeah, cards yeah. have you put in a booster pack and somebody's opened them. <laughs> in a premium product. Um, yeah. I mean, oh, they look very nice. And I'm surprised you haven't seen them. Extended out foil. you got to send me them. Yeah, extended on right uncommons. Look at yeah, look at this. So we know what that we know what the uncommon land cycle is. Um, uh, look oh at this, God. this absolute beauty. I'm sending you now. Need one of these for cube. Oh my God! Hang on. Oh, that's that's really nice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. They're all they're all really nice. Uh, so it seems to be that. These are only found in collector. Well, we're assuming at this point that these are only going to be found in collector boosters. That they'll just be regular versions in regular boosters. Okay, I mean that's that's cool. Like I was kind of worried about like full art uncommons, like borderless uncommons. Yeah, because Jesus Christ inventory. But like if it's stuff like this card, <laughs> I don't know if you want to say the card. <laughs> or if you really have. Um, but like if it's these, then you know like. Actual iconic useful cards. Uh, okay, uh, are we saying the cards? I guess yeah, we. Why not? We can say the, they're out there. They're right, out there. In the okay, public. so Moldrifter makes sense. Blood Lotus makes sense. Wall of Omens makes sense. Mentor of the Meek is a rare, so that's fine. But it's been downshifted to uncommon, which is interesting. Yep. Uh, but it's cool art treatment. That's fine. Eternal Witness. Sure, I don't like that art more than the um, original, the, the Ultimate Masters one. Uh, and great, the Bounce Lands. Those look incredible. Yeah, the bounce lands look really nice. Um, we've got. A... It's about time we got like a nice version of bounce lands, right? For all the yeah, 
I mean, there, there's yeah. there's loads more, loads more. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, but they look they look great. Oh, maybe the, maybe like we're not going to get borderless rares this time. We just get uncommons. I, I mean, I that would never happen. But yeah, <laughs> no, no, I assume there will be. I mean, these these are the things that they have to put in the the thing to justify the two hundred dollar four booster booster box. <laughs> I guess. So these yeah. are nice. They are really nice. nice. Yes, yeah. Bloodbraid Elf is one as well. Like, there's there's loads more. Absolutely loads more. Uh, but yeah, people are just like, sick. if you if you if you purchase and open a uh, Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate collector booster, there's a, there's a non zero percent chance you'll open a, a whole load of cards that aren't supposed to be out for a few weeks. Amazing. Yeah. I uh, I mean, I've got a wish list for, yeah. for those cards, so that'd be, that'd be cool. But those ones, those ones so far look sweet. And like you said, like cube cards, right, or commander cards, I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's a crossover there, but like a nice version of Intro of the Meek is cool. Mold Drifter, Eternal Witness, Blood Artist, those were all like extremely popular and powerful cards, so I was worried it was going to be like some shit that no one would ever, ever want as a borderless, a borderless no, card. No, I guess no. this follows on the... from like Crop Rotation, Expedition Map being borderless in Dunmasters 1, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, I very much think that these. You know they know what they're doing, like in terms of the the premium product pricing. It's like what they did with the, with the VIP booster. Like it was stupidly expensive, but you you do get your money's worth. Like the buying cost is high, but you're gonna get some very very nice playable cards that you would actually want. Yeah, for sure. It's like even when when people complain about stuff like oh like expedition map and and you know, whatever else people were complaining about being like the, like the full art box toppers <laughs> like those cards still see a hell of a lot of play in constricted formats um so yeah i'd much rather have have you know the cards that we have here than like i don't know just crap just unplayable crap but no it's got me quite excited for uh, for double master 2 yeah yeah um, i mean we can still complain about meddling mage that was an absurd choice yeah yeah i mean <laughs> Humans was probably pretty good when the decision to put that card in the set was was made, right? Oh, that's true. I guess the decision would have been made like because they have to like commission the art and stuff and all that as well. And... End of end of twenty nineteen, probably. Middle of yeah, probably. Yeah, so I guess that actually does make sense. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But still, it's compared to the rest of them. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But yeah, that's Super exciting. Um, that's nice. Yeah. So I've seen I've seen some silly cards being opened. Uh, I also played uh, quite a bit of, of Vintage Cube because it's back up on Magic Online. Um, it's oh, it's it's incredible. I loved Vintage Cube so much. Um, yeah, I I just completely disagree with everything you said about Grave Titan last week. After playing it in Vintage Cube <laughs> the whole weekend, and just every time you cast a Grave Titan, it's so sick. <laughs> you messaged me immediately on anything that episode, but like, I cannot believe you said that about Grave Titan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I said, I said what I said. It's I'm right. It's a boring design. That doesn't make it a boring card. But like ETB attack, it's like it's very yeah, boring. sure. Like I guess you're technically correct, correct. But like, the best kind of correct. Thank you. Oh, it's 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 so good. It's so much fun. <laughs> no, it's it's a great card. You're right, but it's. <laughs> Boring as fuck. I even I even had a game where I, I, I cast a Grave Titan and then I Phyrexian Metamorphed copying a Grave Titan. That was uh, Hell yeah. incredible. That's that's nice. The only thing better than one Grave Titan, two Grave Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've normally if you manage to untap with a Grave Titan, you've normally won the game, but Yeah, yeah. But, but sure, I had, yeah, make two. Yeah, I had like a really cool blue black reanimator deck. Um obviously recurring nightmare plus grave titan is just just incredible. Uh so much fun in cube. Oh, I love recurring nightmare so much. 
That's my favorite cube archetype. Yeah. Recurring Nightmare deck. Yeah, recurring nightmare plus grave titan. So you you sack your grave titan to it, and or you sack your zombies and bring back your grave titan, and then it makes more recurring nightmare fodder. It's great yeah, fun. it does. Great fun. Yeah, it does. What a brilliant card. What recurring nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> but you have to bounce to your hands. You have to cast it again. It's not actually that powerful. Do you know what I mean? That card wasn't League of a Legacy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like emba- an embarrassingly long time it took me to realize that card was not legal anywhere. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that card is unbelievably messed up. It's incredibly good, incredibly good. But yeah, I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, vintage cubes, just great. It's just great. But Sweet. we're gonna we're gonna talk some constructed this week after having my yeah. mind blown last week by like the changing shape <laughs> of legacy. It's it's, it's yeah, been yeah. so long since I've been properly engaged with the format. Like, I might watch some content creators play some. Like play some leagues every now and then, but I'm I'm not somebody who has been playing the format regularly during current yeah. global situation. Um, I'm also like very excited to jump back into it. But I did offer to play uh, webcam games with you, but also playing any of my decks against Ad Nauseum Tendrils is probably fucking miserable. So yeah. <laughs> it's not really a good use of my time. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, did. Do you want to cast Dark Rituals in Athalia's? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't resolve Thalia. I lost. Oh, I you resolved Gaddock Teague. Okay, I can't. Yeah, I yeah. literally can't win. <laughs> <laughs> Go to sideboard. Uh, I'm just remembering when we went to GP London yeah. and like audibled into that hotel and then spent like three hours in the hotel lobby just playing Maverick against Dan. <laughs> which, which is extremely fun. It's like, I had a great time, but also the matches must have been just... It's awful, <laughs> awful. yeah. <laughs> it's completely pointless to run. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk about some legacy, because the format's, like, it's very different to when I, like, the last time I properly engaged with it. Yeah. Um, and it's great fun, because, I mean, we're running legacy FNMs once a month, and they're firing. Like, we had legacy FNM this week, and it was 12 people, which for legacy is huge. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's really good. I think there's, I guess my my local legacy play group has started uh, doing the sort of monthly events that they, they were running. Uh, I guess we were running pre-pandemic as well. So I think things are finally Sweet. kicking off back in that space again. But in terms yeah, of yeah. like like in-store tournaments and stuff, nothing's really happening yet. Because we've we've got a we've got a pretty good a pretty good I say pretty dedicated legacy scene in the northeast. Definitely, it's quite a, a good cohort of players who've been playing the game for quite a, a long time and, and just love Legacy. Yeah, I mean, we've got more Legacy players than we have uh, Commander players, which is <laughs> wow. an incredible metric. Um, I mean, I'm extremely grateful for that metric, because, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, Legacy's happening all over the place. It's, you know, it's, a, it's an unsupported format by WotC by all accounts, really. Yeah, uh, I think they should put the ban list in the hands of the players, because they're not supporting the format at all, and we are. Um, you know, but this, you know... Uh, SCG is still putting legacy events on. Um, we won't talk about SCG for too long because it's a <laughs> touchy subject. Um, NRG are putting on legacy events, uh, and then there's loads happening in the UK. And you've got London Legacy Monthly, just literally a monthly legacy tournament. Um, and then uh, Axion recently had uh, a legacy event at their Mega Weekend in Birmingham. Yeah, and there's gonna be a legacy event in Milton Keynes as well. Coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, we've got a legacy winner box uh, the week after that, which was going to be that that the same day as the Axiom one. And I will say we announced ours first, but <laughs> we can't compete with Axiom. So um, yeah, legacy's like happening all the time. So let's let's talk about it for a bit. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I guess probably worth, worth calling out the uh, the Four Seasons uh, Legacy Tournament in um, Bologna over the weekend in yes. Italy had like four hundred players, which is okay. really sweet. I mean, Italians and Legacy. Yeah, Never <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I guess <laughs> Italians and Vintage maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, Legacy's still happening, um, which is great, uh, and it doesn't have to be prohibitively expensive. When we touched on it at the end of last week, yeah. But you know, one of the best decks in the format is Acast. I said that DNT was one of the best decks in the format as well. I think it's still extremely good, but I think it's fallen off a little bit. Um, but yeah, two of the best decks in the format that like will win tournaments consistently uh, do not contain any reservedness cards. Yeah, which is incredible. I mean, I don't want to use the word affordable because first of all, it's a stupid hobby where you spend way too much money um, already, and it's not actually that affordable. But in terms of like you know buying tabernacles or full suites of jewels. Uh, those decks are very affordable and will probably go down in price as we get reprints, especially with stuff like Double Masters coming around the corner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the format's relatively diverse. You have, like, a top tier, and then you have, like... I mean, it's Legacy. People will just play all sorts of shit. Um, people will... It's, it's it's fun, like, when people grind on Modo in their Legacy Leagues and whatever, and then go to a paper tournament. <laughs> They're surprised by the metagame because it's just someone turning up with their, like, World Gorda Dragon combo deck. <laughs> <laughs> that's their pet deck that no one has else has ever played before. Um, but yeah, I mean, we could just go through the decks like a yeah, sort of like crash course on what the decks doing. Because I mean, this is something I was doing anyway, and I was like, why don't we turn it into content? Um, but it's like a, you know, kind of a, a base primer about what, what most of the decks that you're likely to face in a legacy tournament do. Um, because, like I said, I'm trying to relearn the format because it's very different to when I played like a year or so ago. Yeah, I um, guess it's probably worth calling out that that four hundred player legacy event uh, was won by by Javier Dominguez with uh, Cephalid Breakfast. Yeah, that deck's actually good, and we will get to that. Yeah, uh, but Cephalid Breakfast is a deck again, which is extremely sweet. Um, what year is it? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's got Urian as a companion, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> firmly twenty twenty two. But yeah, Cephalid Breakfast is still a thing, and you can also find the is it Shuko off of uh, Snowboard Yes. Basics? Instead of playing the No Man's Encore. Not No Man's Encore. Is it No Man's Encore? Yeah. Is that the one? Yes. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So let's just go through some of the decks in the format. And then there's also a, a tweet from, from someone that I'd like to go through about like, the uh, legacy tier list. But um, so where, where, where do you want to start? Or should I just go around the list, down the list as written? I say we, yeah, go down the list. Cool. So, uh, I mean, my, my bets for elves are very limited. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, just, I think it's just the best combo deck in the format currently. Um, I th- just, just the best combo deck in the format. It can win on turn two, consistently win on turn three. Uh, the versions at the moment are playing uh, Elvish Reclaimer. Yeah. Which just means that you have a one mana three four. Like, elves has a Tarmogoyf like creature. Um, that also gives you access to stuff like Caracas, uh, Bog and stuff like that and also ways to find more cradles um, which gives you a little bit of insurance to like wasteland strategies and stuff like that um, but generally just not folding to stuff like um, end the festivities like or like pyrocosm effects and you just have a 3-4 uh, also endurance is one of the best cards in this deck <laughs> uh, you yeah just turn endurance into, is very good yeah you just turn into 3-4 tribal and go on the beatdown plan which was which is always a thing because I, I played elves like 2016 2017 and Plan A was activate Death Rush Shaman. <laughs> uh, plan B was attack with a bunch of one and two power creatures, and Plan C was combo. <laughs> um, but now you have a lot more resiliency in your in your attacking plan, um, and you have 
more ways to find Cradle. Uh, and you have answers for the rest of the format as well. Besage is a big pickup as well. Um, and obviously Allosaurus Shepherd is just an absurd card. And it's probably the reason that that's doing so well, because you just get to clown on the Chalice decks if you draw that card. Yeah, definitely. It's Like I say, it, it's something that I, I haven't really been engaging or playing a lot of Legacy over the past couple of years, so I guess since Allosaurus Shepherd came into the format. Uh, but I have first-hand got to witness Allosaurus Shepherd in other formats, uh, historic on Arena, very much so. Sure, you don't have uh, have Gaia's Cradle, but the Elves deck there can can win turn three, turn four very, very easily, all thanks to the wonderful power of that card. It is definitely one to be reckoned with. Card is card is just fucked. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, let's be it's real. very good. Um, <laughs> but you need to be Chalice of Void because Chalice of Void is, is obviously Chalice on one is just has historically been lights out for Elves. Yeah, uh, unless you're drawing sideboard or Brutal or whatever, but. Um, you can just cast through it now, and as I learned the hard way, uh, Alistair Shepard itself can't be countered. Yes. Every time I read that card, I discover a new line of text. Yep. Uh, and it's and it's <laughs> the condition itself, right? Like it, it can just kill people because it turns elves into five lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think elves into dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, best best combo deck in the format, I would say. Uh, firmly one of the best decks in the format currently, uh, mainly because it just clowns on eight cast, which is one of the other best decks in the format, and has a perfectly reasonable uh, Delver matchup, and doesn't just fold to control decks again because you have Allosaurus Shepherd, um, and you just have a bunch of one mana three fours that it doesn't matter that much if they wrath you. Yeah. So yeah, decks decks great, one of the best decks in the format, and a personal favorite of mine for sure. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. It's it's really cool. It's you know a shame it runs four guys cradle, but yeah. Other than that, the rest of the deck seems pretty affordable as well. Yeah, I mean if you can, there's a lot of tournaments that allow proxies and stuff, and I'm not going to get into proxy yeah. discourse because I don't want to get banned on Reddit or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a bunch of proxy tournaments, and the rest of the deck is like you say, outside of jewels and cradles, like relatively affordable. Alice yeah. Shepherds have gone down. Um, but I'm always surprised if we see some kind of reprints at some point in a master set. So, I would assume so, yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, and then I guess just I don't know why this isn't at the top of the list, but um, the best deck in the format, Blue Red Delver. Yeah, always has just, been, always will be. <laughs> uh, I mean, different flavors of Delver have been the best, I guess. Yeah, there yeah. are times where Grixis Delver was the best deck in the format. Uh, but yeah, Blue Red Delver is just the best deck in the format. It's uh, gotten up. Bunch of upgrades uh, recently, mainly in uh, Dragon Rage Shanla and Merktide region. Um, I used to have a high density of threats, and Days continues to be completely fucked. <laughs> yep. Days continues to be a problem for that deck, and is the reason Ragavan is banned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even that, like, oh, we've banned Ragavan, so now we just play four Delver Secret again. Like, yeah. It, it seems like the, like the the deck has barely been. Been affected. It was the top deck before Ragavan, and mm-hmm. is still definitely the top deck here. Yeah, I saw a really sweet version that wasn't playing any Delvers and was playing like a Mist Hologryphon. Ooh, nice! A single Mist Hologryphon because you can pitch it to the forces. You can. Yeah. It gets exiled to casting Murktide Regents if it's in your bin, and if you ex- exile it off Expressive Iteration, you just leave it in exile and can still cast it. That's pretty cool. I genuinely think it's quite good. It's a four mana three three. Yeah, <laughs> um, like it blocks thought monitors and whatever, or like chumps uh, merit lage, all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I think Delver's just objectively the best deck in the format. Abusing Dragon Rage Chandler and able to power up Murtide Regents on turn three, um, just a bunch of efficient counter spells and threats. It means it's a little bit slower than I think it has been because you're trying to do more setup um, yeah. than like sort of the 
the balls to wall aggro it was before, or like more tempo based. But you can still just jam it over on one, blind flip it on turn two, and win the game. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just the best deck in the format. If you're playing Legacy, you you have to be aware of um of of Blue Red Delver, and I think the fact that it has expressive iteration and Dragonrage Channeler and Murktide Regent, in addition to Days Ponder and Brainstorm and Force of the Wasteland, is uh, yeah, it's it's. I don't think yeah, you, yeah. you can you, you can ban anything from this deck reasonably, but I would like to ban days, please. Yeah, I agree with you definitely. It's it's just like what is every best spell in the format that costs two mana or less that's just put it in the deck that's yeah. efficient. Yeah. And just yeah, just plays really well and always will. And, and yeah, that that that's it. Like it's it's so difficult because like by them by themselves, like these cards don't really do a lot or are massive problems. So it's just when they come together in this combination. Even yeah. then, it being a problem is, is is certainly debatable. Like, you know, as long as as long as brainstorm days, force of will, ponder, delver exist, dragon's rage channel exist, like that that will just be a deck, and everything else will just be played around that, depending on how your meta is. Yeah, delver is always is, is always just normally the best deck in the format. And yes. if it's not, then that deck tends to get banned quite quickly. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. Sweet, that's not. Uh, Jeskai control. Yes. Some, sometimes four color. I think the four color decks are a meme. Um, I think Jeskai control is just where you want to be. Um, mainly just having access to blasts in the board. Uh, yeah. And, co- and copies of meltdown to deal with eight cast. Um, but yeah, it, it, a lot of the lists recently, it's been playing three mana Narset or whole breach shield with days and doing. Which again, I think, is a bit of a meme, but it can just be like a hard sort of splinter twin lock against <laughs> uh, against a bunch of decks in the format. Yeah, who just can't come back from a whole breach plus days undoing. Um, you have supreme verdicts to deal with the best decks in the format, which are probably elves, blue red Dover, and eight cast. So you get to clean up there. Uh, you get to sideboard into blood moon, which means you can beat depths and yep. you can beat lands probably. Um, yeah, it's played the fairy time raveler. It's it's the card. Yeah, uh, you get to play incredibly, incredibly good card. You get to play the wandering emperor. I mean, it looks it looks a lot like blue white control and basically over the format. <laughs> um, yeah, but just upgraded versions. So you source the plowshares, prismat- prismatic ending, force of will, uh, and then a suite of planeswalkers and maybe some snapcaster mages. And then, like I said, this this days and doing package, which is quite limited. I think it's like two narset because narset is good, two or three hole breaches because hole breach is also a three mana three two with flash. That can attack and then like one or two days and doings just to get them. Um, yeah, and like it turns off the card draw as well. Like it's 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 pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, if it functions like a spirit of the labyrinth, right? Yeah, which is a card that DNT is currently playing four of. Um, I mean, you know, good against elves, stopping them drawing all those cards. Um, off glimpse, uh, glimpse tomorrow, glimpse tomorrow, glimpse of nature. Glimpse I can never get yeah. the glimpse cards right. Yeah. Um, and you know, good against opposing brainstorm decks, etc. But yeah, just just sort of a staple in the format currently. Um, we're not trying to mess around with the the, the old days of terminus and entreaty angels yeah. <laughs> anymore. None of that anymore. No, <laughs> people were trying for so long after top got banned to keep doing that. But yeah, you just a straight up control deck with planeswalkers. You're just trying to put as, as many planeswalkers into play as possible, basically. And the next the next really powerful. And uh, again, if you're playing. Legacy at any point, you should probably expect this deck as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay, the, the aforementioned 8-cast, which I guess is the, the newest deck. Yeah, certainly the yeah, new hotness. I like it a lot. like the look of yeah. it a hell of a lot. 
Yeah, the, the addition of Thought Monitor and uh, Zasago just kind of made this deck a thing. Uh, Affinity has kind of been a thing in Legacy, but it was many fringe players who just loved playing Mox Opal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually, essentially, like the deck. I mean, it's funny because it's called Eight Cast still because you were playing four copies of Thought Cast and four copies of Thought Monitor, which is essentially Thought Cast. Um, but I think you're on six total currently, like three and three split to make room for other stuff. But uh, it's like an Emery deck, so you're trying to cast a bunch of Baubles, Urza's Baubles, Mistress Baubles um, from the graveyard. Uh, Sire Master Thopterus, so you make a bunch of 1 1s. And then Kappa Candomir, which is probably the card that made this deck what it is. Yep, definitely. Which... I think that's that's really what what pushed this to to where it is now. Like the, the like there was certainly we saw all sorts of like weird combinations of like Sai plus Emery plus artifact decks and Cons and and whole breaches and Narsets and and all sorts of things trying to make something happen with these cards. And then Kappa Cannoneer was printed, and that was the that was the key to unlocking the real potential of this deck. I think. Cards extremely messed up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Blue Red Delver is playing two main deck copies of Pyroblast to beat this deck. Yeah. I mean, it also, you know, is good in the mirror and against Jessica Control and other Force of Will decks, but it's to kill Kappa Cannoneer and you still need to pay four for Ward 4. Um, but yeah, Kappa Cannoneer is, the, is the, the thing that makes this deck so good. Um, I do, do hate the templating on Kappa Cannoneer that it gives itself a counter because it's when an artifact enters the battlefield and it counts itself. Yeah, yeah. So it immediately enters with a counter and there's a lockable deton you play it. Which is why Deck's playing Lightning Greaves, which is interesting. Because <laughs> you can uh, just yeah, equip it and just, swing. Just play it and smack. Um but yeah, the deck's just extremely powerful. Uh, like has big beta that can be like an eight eight unblockable, if not bigger, and can make a bunch of one ones, has the grindy plan with Emery and with sacking Thopters to draw cards with with Sai. Um, it's kind of weak. I guess it's 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 kind of like a, a true true name nemesis, but even better. <laughs> yeah, if you're playing like, around, yeah, because you're just playing yeah. like Mox Opals and and Mitra's Bubbles. Um, so you just have a bunch of a bunch of ways to trigger it for free, uh, and then you cast Thought Monitors and Thought Casts to refuel, and you also get to play Force of Will, which is obviously very important. I will say there's no yeah. main deck removal, um, like there's no removal in the main deck at all, apart from an Aether Spell Bomb, which you can get off of Urza Saga. Yeah. Uh, and copies of one to two copies of Atawara as just being able to bounce stuff so I guess you bounce yeah, yeah. so you can just kill them in that turn uh, and then they sideboard into Dismember <laughs> Legacy Playable Dismember um, yeah, the next Mono Blue plays no reserveless cards it's extremely powerful I wouldn't be surprised if, if in terms of bans they made a move on it but also Wizards don't really care about Legacy yeah um, I, I don't even know what they would ban though like probably just the canon if you want to really really fuck the deck because like there were versions before canon got printed that were like doing things just they were fine a, yeah a cast um and you just go hard on the side the side emery plan um yeah but probably the best like one of the best decks in the format for sure you need to, you need to be prepared for it like you need to play meltdown or seeds of innocence or something to be able to deal with it it's just yeah, it's I, I like it. I'm I'm very happy that this deck exists as it does. I think like Cyber oh, is is one of my favorite cards of all time. Um, yeah, it just looks good. It looks fun. I, I think I'm going to pick up the the bits of this deck that I'm missing and and give it a go. Yeah, the 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 deck's the deck's great. It's a lot of fun to play. Um, and just completely messed up to play against. So yeah, <laughs> a beautiful combination. Uh, and we move on to D and T. Yeah, Texas, which is the next. The, the, the other, other deck, deck that plays zero reserveless cards. I mean, at times they play like Powder Keg in the sideboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which is reserveless. I guess you could. Like, it's like playing a. It's like a mono white. 
engineered explosives, right? That's the point. Yeah. Uh, it's like a ratchet bomb. Uh, but yeah, it, it's the stock list is is Yorion, which I don't I don't really get. I mean, I'm not a D and D player, and people who are much smarter than me are just consistently jamming eighty card versions of this deck. But the best D and T draws are when you have Aethervan on someone, and playing eighty cards makes that less likely. Yeah, which is very strange to me. Um, but but yeah, D and T has like like Delva really has been a thing in pretty much any iteration of the Legacy format throughout the years. Um, Mother of Runes plus Thalia plus Wasteland plus Rashad and Port. Pretty powerful combination of things just to be able to win the game. You can then you make a bunch of two power creatures and attack them to death. Uh, they're playing Field of Ruin out uh, over any other thing in combination with Wasteland. Um, it's just basically a recruit of the guard deck. That's what it is. You play four recruit of the guard and then yeah. go find a bunch of silver bullets. So you've got like. Yeah, go get whatever you need to get you out of that situation and win yeah. the game. You've got like a containment priest. A palace jailer, a sanctum prelate, and then a bunch of other things. You can find solitude, which I think is really fucked up. I think yeah, that should be a, be a three-three, but you can find solitude off a group of the guard. Solitude, skyclave apparition. Yeah, uh, yeah, just loads of just good stuff. Yeah, uh, lion sash, like <laughs> yeah, loads of really cool stuff. Yeah, uh, but it's just a bunch of white creatures that make your opponent sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. basically it. Uh, Including a bunch of uh, removal spells, and then yeah, I mean that the, the main thing that it was doing before was like play a Thalia, then wasteland you and Rashad and port you into I win the game by attacking with the two one. Yep. Um, but now you have a lot more flexibility, a lot more options. Um, there are quite a few flex slots in the deck, but yeah, it's just a recruit of the guard deck, and obviously your own fits well into that because you can just blink it and go find anything else. Uh, Viling in a flicker wisp is still disgusting. <laughs> it's still very very powerful. Uh, yeah, I still one of the best decks in the format for sure. It's fallen off a little bit, but still extremely good. Yeah, definitely. It, it's always going to be a player. It, it just it has so many, you know, so many good cards in the deck. I feel like it, it's it's a deck that I I absolutely hate as somebody who's played combo for pretty much the, the entirety of my my legacy mm-hmm. life. But I absolutely love that it exists. Um, it, it's you know, it, it, it's always going to be like one of the key entryways into the format like playing this deck because there's no reserveless cards i can't yeah. imagine it, it'll ever be in a place where it would have to play any either and it's just good it's just a good solid deck that rewards you for, for learning it inside and out and yeah big fan big fan yeah, as much I mean, as i hate it i love it but it's it's quite easy to port from modern as well yeah like effectively the most the, the biggest um uh, monetary investment would be wastelands and ports and then the deck is pretty pretty similar between uh, Legacy and Modern. Yeah, And it's one of the reasons that combo doesn't just tear things up. Uh, sneak and show, people are playing for some reason. Yeah, just, that was that was a big surprise to me when I uh, went perusing the meta game last week. I see that sneak and show is still a deck. It's still a I deck that people I can't play. people are still playing this fucking deck. It's so boring. I don't understand what people get from playing. It's like playing Tron, and I know you play Tron, but I don't understand what people get from it. So it's it's the same kind of enjo- the same kind of enjoyment you get from reanimating a grave titan on turn one. I, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I love it. Like, I I have that mindset. Like, hundred percent. You, know, you know, when you're playing like a legacy side event at GP and you play against the person who's fully foiled out show and tell. Yeah. Like, really, you put the money into this where you cast a spell on turn three and win. That's it. There's very very little decision making outside of I cast this ponder to find show and tell and Emrakul or omniscience. I I don't get it. Um... But the next other thing, it's still a player. I guess people enjoy it. Um, it's playing uh, Cunning Wish. 
so you go omniscience cunning witch five months foresight release the ants whatever the fuck they're doing these days um and then yeah can just blood moon people out which i guess is one of the strong things about it is that it that it has uh, a way to punish greedy land bases um and can just win on turn one yeah with uh, ancient tomb and lotus petal <laughs> <laughs> which i guess is fun for some people and sometimes it's, it's mono blue show and tell sometimes it's sneak and show as well with just basically the only red cards of blood moon and um Sneak attack. Sneak attack. Yep. Yeah, it's it's deeply boring. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand why you would ever play it. And if you if you play it, I hate you as a person. Um, yeah, it's still a thing. People are still playing. I yeah, I kind of love it. I, <laughs> this is yeah, definitely. It, it's 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 bullshit magic, and sometimes bullshit magic is is fun. Mm-hmm. Like it might not be the most fun to play against, and yeah, your games aren't going to last long, but the vast majority of the time. But I, I I fully understand the mindset of anyone who wants to. You know, jammer show and tell on turn one. So why would you not play a dark ritual combo deck? If you want to play a combo deck, why would you not like want to play Ant or Tears or Doomsday? Like pers- personally, I would want to play with, with dark ritual, but I I understand the mindset of, of someone who would want to play this. I just like, I don't know. There are so many more interesting combo decks that require decisions and like you can play it out and you don't just fold to a bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a very head empty deck to me. It's the Tron of Legacy. Um, the Tron of Legacy, wow. Yeah. Now, let's move on to a, a much more interesting deck. Uh, Ant, at Nauseam Tones. Hey. Your yeah. deck. Yeah. Do you want to talk Na- about Ant and its current iteration? Uh, yeah, I can do. I, I just love this deck. I absolutely love this deck. I, somebody who's played this deck for the entirety of the time I've played Legacy. Um, I love the iterations that this has gone through as time's gone on. Uh, I think it's in a really interesting place. Currently, where it's playing like like it's playing main board like burning wish, which is pretty cool. We play like peer in the abyss and sideboard now. Like a lot of people I'm seeing are playing a one of rain of filth main board as well, which I love mm-hmm. personally because that's something that I've done for like literally for years. Um, it was yeah Cyrus Cyrus Common Gill was playing with one, and I was like, okay, that that card's sweet. It's really cool. Sometimes it just lets you win on like turn one, turn two. Uh, the card is amazing. I'm seeing some people playing uh, mainboard Veil of Summer. I think that's correct personally, but probably just depends on on your meta. Uh, I yeah, I just love this, love this, this deck so much. It's yeah. I I don't think it's a particularly difficult deck to play. Uh, I think it's 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 the easiest of the you know the dark ritual combo decks. I would say because you you, you might have lots of ways to. I guess to to find your lines, but like your lines are pretty much always the same. You're always just trying to count to ten, and it's yeah, it, it's one of those decks where if you just put in the reps, just goldfish the deck, learn the cards inside out, you can do pretty well. Yeah, I think it requires some learning, but I feel like it's it's the the dark creature combo deck in the format that has the highest floor, and then you can pull yeah. off some extremely cool lines that you know, winning games that you only win because you put the work in with the deck. Which I like. Yeah. I thought about a combo deck. It's it's one of those decks I feel like as well where like you just have to kind of put like just just leave it up to fate sometimes. Like sometimes you just play an ad nauseum turn one and then you either win or lose. Doesn't matter. That was the correct thing to do given the the, the circumstance. You just it's one of those decks that I think takes it teaches you to take your beats. Um, yeah. Quite well because on the flip side you do get rewarded by plenty of turn two wins I yeah just love this deck it's it's 
It's always fun. I've never had a miserable time playing Ant, ever. Here for a yeah. fun time, not a long time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Ant in I my mean, eyes. I think the, the current versions, uh, a lot of people playing just straight Grixis. Some people are still playing green for, like you said, Veil of Summer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the current versions seem pretty strong. It seems to have made a comeback. Um, we're playing Burning Wish now. So yeah, the, the next week probably currently the best spell-based combo deck in the format. I still think it's worse than Elves, in terms of uh, the best. Yeah, I but. yeah, I, I don't think... I, 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 have a, I have a hard time believing that it's a good deck, um, because <laughs> for the longest time it hasn't been a good deck. Um, yeah, it really but it certainly picked up some, some new toys, definitely, in terms of of things like Pyrrhon the Abyss and like Besaidu, like it's playing Besaidu in the sideboard, like that card's great. And I can see, I guess, it, as, as the meta sort of shifted a bit, um, like typically has pretty good games against Delver, and as long as Delver's as on top as it has been, then I think we're pretty good. We're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. The things with that is it just seems to win out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. That. Yeah. It's it's that it's like another deck where like yeah, if you do put in the time, it it, it will <laughs> reward you definitely. Speaking of blasts from the past. Yeah, St- Stoneblade has made a resurgence. Stoneblade still exists. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it didn't for a long time. Um, you know, blue spells in combination with Stoneforge Mystic weren't a thing for a long time, mainly with the the banning of Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, which is really the good thing about that deck, <laughs> the, the Deathblade decks. Um, but yeah, it's seen a resurgence. There are two distinct versions really. There's Jeskai, which is basically just the Jeskai control deck, but with a Stoneforge Mystic package, um, and sometimes they play Delver. Um, but the main the main one that's seeing play at the moment is the Esper variant, which is yeah. <laughs> the aforementioned Cephalid breakfast combo, uh, which is Cephalid illusionist, and then it's traditionally been Nomads on Core, but it's now I think it should go. I could look it up, but that would be professional podcasting. I can't be, I can't bring myself to do that. Um, but yeah, you're just playing a Stoneforge deck with some like, you know, playing a basically a mid range pile with Force of Wills, and then you can just combo people. Yeah. That's, that's basically it. You just do the infinite combo with the with the Cephalid Breakfast, which is sweet. Like Stoneblade is an old deck, well, not that old, you know, hasn't been p- properly playable in, in Legacy. I don't think for like four or five years. And then Cephalid Breakfast hasn't been a thing people have been regularly playing in Legacy for way longer than that. Um, but it's it's very sweet, and it's just like a kind of pile of good Esper cards. Plus yeah, that's it. I feel like the, yeah, there kind of like has been a bit of like a. Esper pile, like es- Esper pile was was definitely a thing. Like when Soul Herder came out, like that was definitely the the new hotness for a little while. Like people were trying to make that that work and make it a thing, and then that de- definitely died off over, I guess, recent times. But yeah, it seems like Thassa's Oracle continues to be a menace wherever wherever it can just slide in. Yep, you don't have to mess around with Laboratory Maniac anymore. Yeah, and reanimate hapless research or whatever. You can just <laughs> you can just play play Thassa's Oracle. That card continues to be great. But yeah, that's Stoneblade. It's you know it's it's picking up steam, um, and I think it's a sweet deck because you it gets to play the the combo line like the combo games, and it gets to play like uh, make a battle skull, yeah, which is uh, just good enough. Uh, we come to Doomsday, which is you know was the best spellbase combo deck, probably the best combo deck in the format for for like a, you know a long time there because of Thassa's Oracle, yeah, um, up until recently. Um, just because endurance, I think, is endurance has really messed up that deck, because you can endurance in response to the Oracle trigger, and then they no longer win the game. 
And then yeah, that's it. I, I think as, as as long as as elves is in the position where it's in, then yeah, Doomsday yeah. is is going to be having a bit of a struggle compared to where what it has been. Yeah, um, I mean, all the yeah. green decks are playing at least three copies of Endurance in the seventy five. Um, yeah, and if they have a thus, you play a Thassa Oracle Endurance in response, they can no longer win the game. Uh, so yeah, Endurance has really messed up that deck, which is which is a shame because it was sweet that you know even though it's Thassa's Oracle, the bane of everyone's existence, uh, that Doomsday was actually a player, like an actual best deck in Legacy for a, for a time there. People are still playing it. If you can if you can dodge Endurance, it's still busted. I think it's probably better than Ant, but you're going to play against yeah. Endurance, so... <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, yeah, like maybe it just switches positions with Ant at the moment. Like, Ant is like the, like the default best Dark Ritual combo deck for a little while, but there'll still be like that, those handful of players that are just dedicated to Doomsday that spike a tournament every now and then. For like, sure. Yeah, it's it's it is it's it's a fantastic, really interesting combo deck that again is a lot more difficult to play than something like Ant, but rewards you even more than Ant ever could. I, th- I think by like yeah. just learning it and it's a yeah, it's a really cool deck. I do love Doomsday a lot. Yeah, it's a really sweet deck. Uh, then we come to the third Dark Ritual combo deck, Tez, the yeah. Which was really good, and then everyone started playing Chalice of the Void, so it was really bad. Because <laughs> uh, I think Ant, you know, has many, many combo lines to Tendrils you where it can just ignore Chalice of the Void. Yeah. Um, Tez does not. <laughs> Tez needs to be casting its 1 and 0 drops. Uh, it needs to be casting its Mox Opals and, and Chrome Moxes and Rite of Flame. Uh, and it just isn't great in a field of Chalice of the Void, is the problem with it. But it's a sweet, yeah. sweet deck. It's fucking batshit to look at the lists. Playing Wishclaw Talisman, loving a Wishclaw Talisman, uh, also playing Burning Wish to go and get Tendrils or other random pieces of stuff, mainly uh, Galvanic Relay, is that the card I'm thinking of? Yes, the, Galvanic Relay, yeah. Yeah, the Storm card that um, exiles cards, you can play them. Uh, Dexter Sweet, it plays a Badlands, a Tega, a Trop, an Underground Sea, and a Volk, typically. <laughs> That's the one base. And then a bunch of fetches to find them. Um, yeah, I... but yeah, it's kind of bad right now because of... Uh, because of Chalice of the Void, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I've always kind of written off Tez because, like, like, yeah, like you said, like you you look at the list and it just kind of looks batshit. Like it's just like a pile of cards. There's so many different mana costs, so many different colors going on. Just kind of look at it and go, yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. smart enough for this. Um, but it's, I think, for the longest time, it, it was the the better of of the two storm decks if we're taking Ant and, and Tez to be the the two storm decks in the format. I think, yeah, for sure. I think Tez definitely was the best, but. Given the current shift in the meta, I think Ant has taken the, the number one spot again. Yeah, um, which is a shame because Tez is mad, and people that like Tez are great because they're just playing yeah. one of the weirdest combo decks I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, it's just such, such a weird and backwards way to get to tendrils you for ten. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, but yeah, Dex still still a thing people are doing for some reason. But uh, Cloudpost, Cloudpost is a thing. Tends yeah, to green, tends to be green these days. Speaking uh, of the Tron of Legacy, but this this requires decisions and stuff, mm. and you get to cast cool yeah. spells like and recall the Aeon Storm. Yeah, you, you have to decide if it's a plus con or minus con. Uh, that's true. <laughs> At that point, I think it really matters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, you know the green versions get to play once upon a time. Yep, which is a, a cool card that you get to play somewhere at least, uh, and you get to play Elvish Reclaimer, which is a real nice boon for the deck. So you just put a bunch of locusts into play, make a bunch of mana, cast any of the Eldrazi Titans, and probably win the game from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, that's ba- that's basically it. It's just it's silver scrying the deck. Yeah, I, I guess this is another deck that doesn't play any reserveless cards. I mean, I see versions of it that play Tabernacle, but besides that, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, there are there are versions before with, with the the Cloudburst deck that were playing like Grim Monolith. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the green the green version doesn't seem to. You don't need to. Uh, Tabernacle is obviously absurdly good, and you should play Tabernacle if you can. Um, yeah. But obviously, also prohibitively expensive for most people. Um, yeah, just because you need to be elves and DNT. Um, but yeah, the deck's the deck's really cool, really fun. But it's it's kind of boring to talk about because it's just make a bunch of mana, cast a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a lot of innovations recently. I think it's like a genuinely good good deck right now. I don't think it's like top tier by any means, but it's like a sweet a sweet deck that is very powerful. Uh, yeah, painter. definitely. I, I agree with you there. Yeah. Painter. Painter is still a thing. Um, yeah. Monterey Painter, Goblin Molder, Goblin Engineer. Uh, I think this is currently one of the biggest, uh, the best Congre creator decks. Um, I mean, it's a thing you have to consider, right? Yeah. Someone's going to play Painter. People love Painter. They get to play main deck Pyroblast because they name blue with uh, Painter Servant and Count Royal Spells. Yeah, I, I guess that's it. Yeah, like in the past there was always there was always Belcher guy. Now it's probably there's always Painter guy. <laughs> there's always Painter guy. Um, that's cool. It's not really a big thing, but people will play yeah. it because it's because it's a fun, fun thing. Put Painter Servant to play Name Blue, activate Grindstone, Naming Blue, Mill you. But also, you know, it's just an artifact these days. You get to do a bunch of stuff with Goblin Mother and Goblin Engineer. Yeah, um, it's pretty sweet. But again, not that interesting to talk about, and not one of the best decks in the format. Uh, Lance. Yeah. I- Unless you have anything yeah, to say about painter? Uh, no, not particularly. I just yeah, I just think <laughs> it's it's cool that it's cool we have a a Khan the Great Creator deck. Um, yeah, you get to do Khan Microsoft like that stuff if that's what you want to do, or you can you can combo off or just yeah. It it just seems it just seems fine. There'll always be that one yep. guy, mm-hmm. and I guess anything that would, it's pretty much anything that would hit painter is going to hit like eight cast anyway. So. Yeah. You're probably fine. Your sideboard will be alright. Yeah. Uh, Lance. Yeah, it's a my, good deck. My favourite deck in the format. For sure. Uh, a control deck of sorts, but you're controlling with lands. Uh, Wasteland, Rashad and Port. Urza Saga now. The reason this deck is good is because Urza Saga is the most yeah. card, turns out. Um, Mark Diamond, power out some things, exploration, play a bunch of lands, life on the loan, get them all back. Uh, there have been versions that are played like the the eight mulch, eight mulch deck, like Mana Bond with Field of Ruin, where you just put a bunch of Field of Ruins, Field of the uh, Field of the Dead into play, and make like a trillion zombies and kill them that way, which is pretty sweet. Uh, but as a saga, is the reason this deck is is, is made a comeback. Um, still not great at the moment because I don't really know how it beats eight cast <laughs> outside yeah. of slamming slamming Tabernacle, and even then, sure they'll just sack all their up doesn't go again. Um, and they can still pay for their Kappa Cannon here. <laughs> um, but yeah, t- typically uh, just red-green lands playing a couple copies of Punishing Fire. Um, and then just kill them with Urza Saga. Urza Saga is a win condition. There are most most lands lists these days are going down to one Dark Depths. Just because you don't need to be a Dark Depths deck anymore. Yeah. Um, you have that because you can find it off um, Expedition Map or Crop Rotation, obviously. But you don't need to be a Dark Depths deck, just Urza Saga them. And you can one of the coolest things with Thespian Stage is you can turn it into an Urza Saga and then before it would be sacrificed you can turn it into a basic land so it can be a yeah. forest that has the to, to an attack make a construct so it can't be wastelanded which is extremely cool 
Yeah. I love weird magic stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. I still don't know exactly how it works. I just kind of say a thing on my opponent and go, yeah, yeah, I know what you're trying to do. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I don't know exactly how to do it. Um, but yeah, Lands is, Lands is an excellent deck. It's just not great against Acast currently, which is a bit of a problem. But always a contender, and there's always going to be someone that owns Lands yeah. that will play it. And Urza Saga just continues to be completely messed up. Yeah, it's a truly, truly, truly brilliant card. Yeah, yeah I guess, like... You know, Force of Vigor is a card. So, like, you, you'll win. You will win games against Eight Cast, but yeah, I think as long as Kappa Cannoneer is a thing, you, you're gonna have a bit of a struggle against that sometimes. It's very hard to beat that card. Yeah, because it becomes unblockable, and like you just yep. you'll have a bad time. Uh, in fact, it's still a thing that people decide to play, but they updated all of the Infect creatures to be Phyrexian creature types. So playing Engineer runs your day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's one. Got that happened. Yeah, and it also is really really bad against uh, Chaz the Void. But but yeah, but I mean, it's the reason the infect wasn't great in modern for a long time. I think people are trying to make it work again, but plague engineer naming Phyrexian is a thing you can do. Yeah. Um. Which even kills Zinglot Nexus, which is very funny. But yeah, infect's another thing. I guess the day, days berserk invigorate combination of the above. It's a deck I feel that you should mention because, in fact, it's a thing you might play against, but it's not—it's not a particularly big deal or a good deck, sadly. Yeah, I think yeah, very much these days, very much like like painter guy. They'll be they'll be infect guy. <laughs> Gotta love infect guy. Yeah, he'll tell you about why the new Phyrexia set foils are better than the F and M promo Gusner else. <laughs> and you won't care. Then why should you? Uh, Mono White Bomberman, the other uh, Khan Great Creator deck of the format. Which was a big deal for a while, and then everyone put down yeah. uh, Bomberman and picked up Emery. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, don't, I don't really know what happened there, because the deck actually seemed like it was really good, and then suddenly nobody was talking about it anymore. I don't think it got any worse, just I think people got bored. I mean, there was a better Urza Saga deck, I think is the Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Saga I guess there's a Saga, yeah. Um, but it was, I can never remember the name of the card, and I should have written it down. What's the something champion, something, it's four mana, one, two, or something? Goes infinite with LED. That's the thing. You make uh, Oryx Salvagers? Oryx Salvagers, thank you. Yeah. Um, make infinite mana with Lion's Eye Diamond and then walk and ballista them. Yeah. And then you can play Khan and Khan's pretty good, I guess. But yeah, really yeah. nice fall, fall out of favour. This isn't a kind of thing where like you get Painter Guy or Infect Guy. This is like someone just looking to use their LEDs or whatever. Um... But yeah, it's another Chalice deck, but I think it's it's just a worse Chalice and there's a Saga deck than Acast, so... Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's, yeah, it definitely it definitely was a was a thing, though. Um, it's, it's kind of a shame that it's fallen off a bit. I guess it's playing, like, Ingenious Smith now. That's a cool little upgrade that it's got. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, it's certainly, certainly fallen out of favour for just better decks, I guess. Better Khan decks, better Rosa Saga decks. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. It was a sweet deck, but yeah, eight cast is just better, I think. Uh, Naya Deaths. Yeah, this one's cool. Deaths, my, my deck of choice, what I will be playing in Legacy events going forward. Uh, which was one of the best decks in the format, and it's no longer, which is sad. Um, you just get bullied by elves. <laughs> it's just kind, of, <laughs> kind, of, kind of the problem. Uh, if you're playing, it's, I mean, if, if, I'm, if I play into a field of Blue Red Delver, I'm going to have a great time. Yeah. Because you just get to farm that deck. Because you have a combo that they can't can't spell, and you have endurance. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it won. It won the legacy challenge at the weekend. Sorry, come again. Yeah, it won the legacy challenge at the weekend. Yeah, it did. It's still a, it's still a good yeah. deck. Um, I think it's, I think it's still very good. That's why I'm playing it, and I love it. Um, but yeah, you're trying to make you can make a uh, dark depths as early as turn two because the addition of Yavamaya means that your dark depths have some mana, so you just need Yavamaya dark depths decimal stage, and you can make a Mirror Legion on the uh, on turn three, I guess. Yeah, not turn two. Um, I mean, you can kill them on turn two with Mark, with Mox Diamond. Mox Diamond, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Elvish Reclaimer, Light the Reliquary, Green Sun Zenith for a bunch of uh, Silver Bullets. Try and make a Mirror Legion as quickly as possible, but can grind like hell. One of the best players in the deck is making a Silver Library on turn two. Yeah. <laughs> on, turn, on turn one with your uh, turn one, with your yeah. Diamonds, yeah. Um, but it just kind of came out of nowhere, really. Like people were trying to mess around with it. There was like a Tomic deck. Like green white, that was like kind of Maverick, but trying to go hard on this. And then this is kind of—I think this is just the final evolution of Maverick, where like you don't mess around with any of the Thalia or anything. You just Knight of the Radicry is a big, big that can find that depth pieces, and you're trying to make a Marilage as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, deck's really good. Um, it's a very good combo deck, but also can just make three fours and eight eights, <laughs> and has a green sense package, which can be very, very powerful. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Probably, I mean, if if I if one could get a tabernacle and two had the time to devote to learning lands, I think lands would be my favorite deck. But I think this is my favorite deck in the format currently. My adepts, you're playing red exclusively for red elemental blast and power blast on the sideboard. That's yeah. literally it. And I guess it makes it makes a prismatic ending bigger. So yeah, that's true. For, for three or four in conjunction with your Mox diamonds, um, but yeah, it's just for blasts because you need to beat force of will and uh, and capacan in it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very very simple deck. It's trying to make Maratlage as quickly as possible. Yeah, uh, looks cool. Yeah, uh, you have Reanimator. Similar thing. I love yeah, I love Reanimator. Um, yeah, you just go turn one, Dark Ritual, and Tomb the Grizzlebrand, Reanimate Grizzlebrand, win the game. Yep, and now you have access to Grief as, yep. well, as, your, as well as your own mask. So you you have uh, more ways to know if you can go for it or not. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, for... like Sarah's emissary is a really good pickup that the deck's got as well. Um, yep, for sure. Yeah, reanimate that and name it artifact, for example. Then there you go. There's your there's the eight cast <laughs> dealt with there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Arcanacrylity was a really nice uh, pickup for the deck too. It's yeah, it's just a cool deck. I I yep. love reanimator. I think if I if I wasn't a storm guy, I would probably just be a reanimator guy. <laughs> Sweet. I mean, I I I think I'd probably choose Tinfins just because it's more bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, <laughs> takes more game actions unnecessarily. But yeah, it's it's just basically a mono black deck that's trying to put Grizzle Brand into play and then a cast of other characters. Yeah. Uh, quite bad against Chalice of the Void turns out. <laughs> uh, if you're in Tomb of Reanimates, getting countered by Chalice of the Void. But yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of flavors really. You can play blue, blue, uh, black Reanimator, mono black Reanimator, black red. But it will always be a thing. People will always try and put Grizzle Brands into play. Yeah, as a thing you should know about Legacy. People love Grizzle Brand. Uh, and we have Goblins. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. Somehow, somehow, still a yeah, thing. I mean, Goblins is bad, but I mean, because it's sort of a thing, it sort of pick up with uh, Muxus, obviously. Yeah, Put, yeah. Muxus is Muxus is an incredibly powerful card in in the right circumstances. I, mean, I just, I just don't quite think Legacy is the place for it. Uh, I think it did some absolutely 
busted things in uh, in historic on arena. Uh, Goblins was very very good there, especially in the best of one format. Goblins was the best deck for a time, definitely. But I think there are just better things you can be doing faster in, in Legacy. Like yeah. a lot of the times, if you like, if you want to, you want to, yeah, I just feel like if you want to put like six power, like six mana's worth of something on the board, like as early as possible. Like I don't know, I feel like even like some sort of like Coco deck would be better than like things <laughs> that you're doing, that you're doing with Muxus and Legacy. Like there's so many better cards. I think I don't no, know. I mean, I've seen Muxus absolutely crush, but like, in, in like Muxus, it's, yeah, putting Muxus into play off a Goblin Lucky is a hell of a drug. Uh, I guess so, yeah. But also, your common lucky's dying every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 cool. It's it's an Ethar deck that's, that's playing Rashad and Port. I guess and you just plague engineer named Goblins and that. Yeah. They have quite a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. I think the modern the modern version of Goblins is a lot cooler than Legacy, but it, it's I, a cool deck. I, I agree. It's a cool deck for sure, but it's just it's just not very powerful, unfortunately. Yeah. There's always a Goblin guy, isn't there? There's always a yeah a, 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 a Muxis and Dreyer. <laughs> I'm wondering you enjoy Muxus. It's extremely, extremely easy to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just remember the last Goblin guy that I played against was that uh, GP London, where I just played Legacy side events, and I turned up almost turned turned up late for the late for the rap for the round. Almost got a game loss because of that, and then like uh, game one beat him on turn two, and then game two beat him on turn three. <laughs> And then that was that. It, it, I, yeah, it was, uh, it was truly awful. It was, it was completely, completely on my bullshit. Like, I don't even know why I ended up turning up late. I turned up late and the games lasted five minutes max. Like, <laughs> it always feels like vindication to be Goblin Guy, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but it is a thing people will play, expect Goblin Guy. Uh, and then, and then I then I left a. Uh, that was when I, I left a deck box, deck box full of like three grand worth of cards under under that table as well, <laughs> including my Veil of Summers, you bastard. Yeah, including your Veil of Summers. Yeah, fuck my uh, tundras and yeah, my cards were there, Joe. That's the important yeah. thing. <laughs> the fact that you lost so much money is unimportant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we move on to Mono Red Prison. Yeah. Mono Red Aggro, Moon Aggro, Moon Stumpy. Uh, Whatever you want to call it, it has many names, but yeah. the deck is the deck is great. I yeah. I have don't really have any interest in playing this deck myself, but I have a lot of respect for people who do play this deck. I don't. It's, it's extremely boring. <laughs> I don't know. You do your thing on turn three, and either it's good enough or it isn't, right? That that's sounds like like my kind of deck. For <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think just yeah, I don't know anyone who's out here casting Goblin Ravel Masters in the year twenty twenty two. I've got a lot of love for. It's picked up some sweet ones recently. Um, it wasn't very good. I mean, it's always been a player like there was, you know, the versions with Thunderbreak Regent and stuff. It was Dragon's yeah. Um Chandra Torture Defiance and all hell that. Hell yeah. yeah, stuff like that. Um, was sweet, but it, you know, it's picked up Fury. Fury's a pretty good yeah. one because you can just cast that as well because you're playing Ancient Tombs and, and uh, Chrome Boxes and stuff. Um, and Fireflux Squad is, I think, I think they're doing currently, which yeah. is a very a very cool one. It's a Commander Twenty card, I think, the Akoria Commander decks. Uh, exile attacking creature flip until you find a creature put it into play attacking uh, which is a, a thing they're doing um, but yeah Blood Moon good yeah Chalice, Blood Moon good Chalice, Chalice, Chalice good. good Fury good Fable of the Mirror Breaker seems really good Very in this deck good. yeah absolutely 
Make um, a copy a couple and rubble master it in instant speed with haste. Yeah. All about that. Yeah, I mean the, the the draw of this deck is making a blood moon on turn one. And then just yeah. casting your spells until your opponent's dead. Um but it's got it's the deck it's yeah, it's the deck where you're still allowed to play Simeon Spirit Guide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you cast a rubble master with that on turn one and that's good enough and I Yeah. I have a lot of love for that. I, I mean I simply cannot imagine this being my deck. Yeah, same. That's, that's what I mean. Like, I'm I'm not interested in playing this deck in the slightest, but I do have a lot of a lot of love for it. I got a soft spot for this. Definitely. Yeah, I don't want this to be the only thing I'm doing in Legacy. Could you imagine every Legacy tournament? This is what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> this is your deck. Um, <laughs> Cast a tangle wire on turn one. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think I think this deck is 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 good. It's love it. It's going to be a thing. Um, it also you know it's picked up unlicensed hearse, which is yeah. out of a card. Um, yeah. So it just has. You know, it has ways to be everything basically. In that you can punish the lands, you can punish the spells, and you can punish the graveyard. Uh, and also, unlicensed hearses at twelve, twelve, or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think some of the, some of the recent additions: Firefoot Squad, Feather the Mirror Breaker, Fury, unlicensed hearse have just made this deck a lot a lot stronger, a lot tighter. But yeah, that's that's most of the decks you're probably likely to play against. Um, I can't really think of many that I've left off that are actual contenders currently that people are likely to play. Outside of like the person who's bought their legacy version of Amulet Titan or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah, the, the, combo. like the only things I can think of are like not stuff that you ever really see in paper. So stuff like you see on on Magic Online, like Ninjas, seems pretty popular on Magic Online still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know anybody who has ever played that deck in paper. I would absolutely love to because I think that <laughs> deck's really cool. Rich Fritz um, is a great card. Yeah, like someone, someone's just gonna gonna spike a league with ninjas and have a great time. Um, stuff like like oops, all spells, like Aluren, like Death Shadow. Like I feel like these are decks that you Fish see game. every now and then pop up on Magic Online, and yeah, you have a good time there. But people aren't really taking them to, to paper tournaments, and yeah, so that's fine. There's Aluren with Zarak, um, which is you know a good Uro deck, I guess. Yeah, uh, I mean, Soldier Stompy is still a thing people play. <laughs> uh, just really big D and T. There are a bunch of things. There's a bunch of things that you will see at some point. There's like a bunch of like Zenith decks, like four color Greenson Zenith. Um, a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch. Of, it's impossible to go through everything. Like Dredge is still a thing that people will do, both manless and manifold. The Hogak decks. My beloved Maverick. Someone will play it still. I hope. I hope I run, it, run into them and we can reminisce about when that stack used to be good in the year 25. <laughs> uh, burn is always a thing. Merfolk is still a thing that you can do. Um, there's a Madness deck that's kind of okay. Nick Fit, you know, people are going to put Overwhelming Splendor into play with their uh, uh, whatever the card's called that when it dies, searches for an enchantment and puts it into play. Yeah. Or an Ugin with the Planeswalker version of that card. Uh, Enchantress is a thing, I guess. Yeah, all of these things. It's the thing with legacies. Like there are so many decks that people will play, whether they're good or not. But so we'll move on to this tweet because we're running, on, <laughs> running long again. I'm so sorry. Um, so a Twitter user Ozymandias172 has put out a tier list of legacy decks for June 2022, and I think it's pretty spot on in terms of S tier and A tier. Yeah. So we have S tier being Viridala, best deck in the format. You have to be prepared Agreed. for it, you have to beat it. A-tier, I just, yeah, I, th- I think there's no argument there. I think it's just universally accepted. Yes, I would agree. Uh, A tier is Jeskai Control, 
agree. Elves, agree. Acast, agree. Yep. And then uh, Red Stumpy, which, is, <laughs> which has moved from D tier to A tier, <laughs> uh, with addition of Fable and the Mirror Breaker. Um, but those are essentially the decks you're trying to beat at the moment. Delver, Jeskai, Red Stumpy, Elves, Acast. Yeah. It's what you should expect to be at the yeah, I mean, I, next tournament. Yeah, I think it's worth noting, like, Red Snobby has been putting up results. Like it won the Legacy Challenge from May twenty first. Uh, it came eleventh in the Legacy Challenge last week. It, it's consistent five nils in in leagues as well. So it's it's you know like like we we're saying, it's certainly not decks we would ever play, but it is is certainly a contender. Yeah. Uh, and then we we'll move on to B tier. I think that's an interesting uh, consideration. We've got Doomsday still, Sneak and Show, uh, Black Depths. Like mono black dark depths, which is a deck. Yeah, turbo I, depths is sweet. I will be including in my my primer thing that I use for like learning the format again before before a big event. Um, but it's a deck that kind of came out of like the last week or so, so I'm not particularly sure of it. But it's playing Darthy Voidwalker, Dark Confidant, Urborg Dark Depths. Like yeah, uh, it's mono black dark depths. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I I built turbo depths and I played turbo depths a while ago in that. That week in between, uh, uh, sensitive divine and top being banned and me build, rebuilding on um, turbo depths are yeah. sweet. I, yeah, I like, like a lot. You get, you play dark was... ritual. Win on turn one sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, it's this the thing with the uh, uh, with the turbo depths deck was like the depths deck for a long time. Like yeah. green black depths, turbo depths, where you just go Urborg, dark depths, vampire hex mage, twenty twenty, which this deck is trying to do, but then can grind with Urza Saga. Dark Confidant, um, and then Darth Voidwork is just a good card. But yeah, that's that's a deck that I think is pretty good. Um, and then you have the four color piles, <laughs> the Uro piles, as we'll call yep. them, I guess. Um, but she's like it's like Jeskai Control, but just the mana is less consistent. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really know why you play that. I guess if you really love Uro, Uro is a hell of a card. Uro is a hell of a card, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then still in B tier, we've got DNT, Ant, and Lance. Yeah. Which I think is reasonable. And then, you know, C and D tier. I mean, they've put, they've put Nidefs in C tier, which upsets me on a personal level. <laughs> but it's probably. Pro- I, I, I can't say I disagree, just because you have a hard time with the metagame currently, unless you're farming Delver. Um, but anyway, every other deck is C or D tier, basically. But yeah, those, those are the decks, the decks to beat, the decks to expect. Um, Legacy Suite. There are so many yeah. decks. There are so many different kinds of decks, and they're all really fun. I think it's in a, a really, really good position. I, I do like it a lot from the lot of the deck, agree. haven't I? Yeah, and that's, that's your... like not not just because like Ant is reasonable again. <laughs> I, I think it it genuinely looks really good, really interest, interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but that's that's your Crash Course on Legacy. Yeah, the best format currently. A nice check in, nice update. Yeah, I. Yeah, it it's got me excited to to play. I'm and I mean I'm I'm considering just buying in on, on Magic Online and playing on, on Magic Online. Like I already Sweet. have a lot of the deck anyway, because I've I've got the uh, I've got a couple of versions of, of of a vintage storm deck, so I already do have a lot of stuff anyway. Uh, so yeah, maybe I'll do that. Play some Legacy Leagues on yeah. on stream. That could be fun. That could be fun. And then comes the Axie event on the eighteenth of this month. I uh, cannot. I'm away for then. Ah, bummer. Where are you? I'm in London. I'm going to oh, see the, the 
yeah, at Eve Wrestling, the, the She One Climax. Oh, yeah, you're going to go see... Yeah, that's, okay, that actually makes a good... That's a good reason to yeah, go. Yeah, she's one of my favourite wrestlers of all time. Uh, yeah, okay, that's, yeah, that's probably very excited for that. <laughs> Sweet, I think that about does it for what I have to say on the format, and hopefully some of yeah. the was useful to someone. Definitely. It's it's super cool. It's nice just to have that that the episode, I think, now, like, every now and then we can just gush about the things that we love in Magic. Like, we talk so... We spend sure. so much time, like, talking about the things that we dislike or are incredibly confused about, because we're, we're not Zoomers. Um, I've been yeah. Zoomer. I don't. I mean, yeah, you are. You're I'm, like, you're I'm, like, you? I'm, like, two years off the cutoff. Yeah. I know memes. Shut up. <laughs> I have TikTok downloaded on my phone. Wow. I never <laughs> open it, but I have it downloaded on my phone. I mean that that's considerably further than I do, but yeah, yeah sure. Um, yeah, Legacy Sweet. I, I I love it a lot, and this has definitely got me excited to play it again. So hopefully, hopefully soon, hopefully it'll yeah, be soon for sure. But yeah, so I think it's pretty much what we have time for this week. Come, let us know your thoughts in the format. Have you ever played Legacy? Are you considering getting into the format? Uh, yeah, just come, let us know. Social media on Twitter, we are at hfdcast, facebook.com slash hfdcast. If you've really enjoyed anything in this episode, if you'd like to give back any monetary value, you can hit us up at Patreon. We are patreon.com slash devastation. Our tiers start from as little as $1 per month. That's roughly 20 25 cents per episode. This podcast is brought to you by manalik.com, where you can use promo code HUFD5 to get 5% off your whole order. If you want to follow me on my own social... i do that one again. If you want to follow my own, my own personal social media, you can find me on Twitter, at peachgardenoaf. That's Oaf of Neff. Facebook, Joe Loudon. Which find me in any of the magic groups. I also stream magic every Friday night on Twitch, twitch.tv slash peachgardenoaf. Come hang out, it's a good time. We enjoy casting Grave Titans and it's amazing. <laughs> Lots of fun. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jeansneeber. Nice. Thanks. I didn't really prepare like a, an outro bit. Anything you think I should get angry about? Uh, yeah, I think you should get angry at yourself for last week saying that nobody listens to this bit when I've had two people in the past week message me saying, oh, we listened to the end of, of, of the Arrow Devastation podcast. Oh, I also had two people say, oh, I would use the uh, the promo code for Manalik, but I live in America and shipping's awful. So shout out to those people. Oh, hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for listening to this bit. I know I that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, could have cut that, couldn't you? Yeah, I could have cut that, okay. but I did not. So. <laughs> but then, how would you embarrass? You just you? Uh, yeah, you just get to retract that lie now. <laughs> hey, we can we can sort shipping. If you want to, if you want to buy from Analytic.com and you live in the states, talk to me. We can sort out shipping. Hell yeah, we can Hell do yeah. that for sure. That's my outro. More shilling than the company I work for. <laughs> awesome. On that note, I think that's all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The Godfair has returned. We'll see you again next week on Arrow Devastation.